Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. If you're tired of yo-yo dieting and want to learn how to permanently lose the weight in a way that it's simple, easy, and fun, you are in the right place because I can teach you how. I am your host, Chris Berlingeri, MD. Come on, let's go. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Well, my friends, today I have a real treat for you. I am sharing with you an interview that was featured on the Style Masterclass podcast, which is hosted by Style and Confidence Master Coach Judith Caton. She interviewed me, and I was featured on her podcasting interview, and it was just so juicy and good and amazing, and I think it's going to be so empowering for you. If you have not checked out the Style Masterclass podcast, make sure you do, because she is just amazing. She's one of my coaches. And again, this interview, I loved it so much because sometimes when people interview us, they take us through a journey and we are able to tell a story in a way that otherwise we would not have been able to tie it together. And you'll get what I mean with this when you listen to this episode. Also, you're going to take away so many powerful points, such as why it's important to embrace who you are, the importance of you, you need to be yourself, like um, examining all beliefs that you're living by right now that may be limiting you, beliefs that we absorbed into our brain when we were a child they maybe were told to us by a parent, by a teacher, by a sibling, by a friend. And we were not even aware that we absorbed it as part of our identity. And it's been it may be limiting you right now. So we get to explore that, question that, and just decide if it's a belief that we want to keep having, if we want to modify it, or if we just want to toss it away and discard it completely. And in in my interview, this is just demonstrating my love and hate story with my hair. And it may sound silly, oh, it's just hair. But really, you're going to, as you listen through the interview, see how it was just really a big part of um, how I behaved and the actions that I would take and the, the limitations that it would bring me, the beliefs that I had about it, and how finally in my 40s, I was just able to embrace it and how powerful that was. So one more thing that I wanted to let you know, it it has some minor um, explicit words in the episode. Nothing really, it's mainly like PG-13, <laughs> some S words here and there, but I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know what you think and if you find, found it helpful, Please make sure you share it. And if you have any questions, as always, I'm here for you. Chris Berlingeri, MD at gmail.com. I love you. And here it is, my interview in the Style Masterclass podcast. I'm cheesing really hard if you're watching this on YouTube. There's a giant smile on my face because we are doing a shit my mama said episode today. It is a bonus series I've done over the last few years on the Style Masterclass podcast. And I have a really special guest. 
joining me today. And we're both cheesing really hard because we just love talking to each other and spending time with each other. So we're going to do a little spin on shit my mama said. It's going to be shit my grandmama said. Um, my guest today is Puerto Rican like I am, so I can only imagine the craziness that her grandmama said. We're going to talk about her story. She's so amazing, y'all. And she's multi-passionate. And I just think you all need to hear sometimes from really incredible, smart cookie, multi-passionate women. And the same things they were told when they were little and then how their life has progressed over time because I think we just need examples of some badassery. So I'm going to let my guest introduce herself and then we're going to get underway. So Chris, take it away. Hello, and thank you for having me here. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I am Chris Berlingeri. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. And for the last maybe 15 years, I've been living in the great state of Texas. And um, I am married. I have three kids. I'm a physician by trade. Um, but like Miss um, Jay was saying, I have other passions. Uh, I became a, a certified life coach. And then I also am pursuing a master's in seminary in theology. And I also opened up a cafe catering Caribbean, Puerto Rican, Venezuelan, South American goodies to the people here in East Texas. And I've had her goodies. In fact, when I see her in person, she brings me goodies and I hoard them like a little gremlin. Because I'm like, are you, can I have that? And then when people are not looking, if she puts it by their table, I've totally done this. I'm going to cop to this. I'll like steal it and just like, oh, you were going to eat that, were you? Like, aren't you no sugar, no flour? I'll take that off your hands. <laughs> like hoarding them from other people. Total confession. So, um, I mean, the last retreat, at the last retreat, I remember, I'm like, where's the, where are the guava cookies? Because then I'm like, Judith stole them. That's where the guava cookies are. Judith totally stole them. I will completely confess to that. You've all heard my confession. I mean, but it's incredible. So you're not just a doctor. You're also a dermatologist, pathologist, which is its own special baby. And you're getting your master's in theology. So you're literally going to be a theologian, which is amazing. And you own a bakery and a coaching business. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> but I love it. Um, I used. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, you go. Go ahead. I just want. I just want to say to the person. There's going to be at least one person like similar to my situation I used to feel so much shame around my passions I'm like am I crazy is this weird what am I doing what am I trying to compensate for like I just had all this drama about it like legit shame and then I just realized like you know what all of this has a common thread God created me like this with a purpose and I just saw when I started to see how it all tied up together beautifully um, and I started embracing that and then just saying, yes, this is who I am. <laughs> this is me. These are all my traits. Um, it's starting to take off, like all of it. Like once you start to embracing like who you really are, your core, and then no apologies, then it takes off. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love that. Like once you start embracing who you are, I can say that until I'm blue in the face. And maybe y'all are tired of hearing me say that. But I think it's good for you to hear from someone else who's multi-passionate, a small cookie, who's doing a lot of different things, 
all at the same time. And she has a family. It's not like she's that she has kiddos. She has a family. She has a husband. Like she's living real life on top of all this stuff. And it's not so like if we can do it, you can do it too from a sense of that place. But know that there's no shame in pursuing multiple passions at once if you want to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I don't really, I, I mean, I've coached you for a while now. So I know you may not have always felt this way. And just like all of us, our mamas tell us things, our grandmamas tell us things about what we can and can't do or allowed to do or not allowed to do. So what's one of the messages that you got that you had to pay, like work on over time that you got from your grandmama? Well, with my, now that you're talking about this, I'm going to deviate just a little bit because you were talking, talking about the multi-passion. I remember my mom, whenever she would, whenever I was asked what I wanted to do when I was younger, um, like when I wanted to, when, when I grew up, when I would grow up, I would always, almost always say like a teacher or something along those lines. And my mom, I mean, of course she meant the, she had the best intentions, like all the humans. She would brainwash me, no, you're going to be either a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. <laughs> doctor, engineer, or lawyer. Like, that's all, like, what she would just, like, you know, nail into my brain. Long story short, I became a physician, and um, because I wanted just to be like my sister, she never got to be a, a physician, but she said she wanted to be one, and I would just always repeat what she said. And I ended up in academia, like, in... I ended up being a professor in an academic institution. So I ended up teaching anyways, just kind of like how it all tied beautifully and into the, my desire to teach. But the what I wanted to say, my grandmother, the big thing Judith and I were talking about, we, we started recording the, for the podcast and she knows about this because she's coached me. I, you know, I'm from Puerto Rico and I have, many cultures in my genes multiple and my hair i don't even, i'm one eight black and i have very tight curl hair like my grandma's lineage my my grandma actually the irony of that is my grandma was half black half uh, i think it was british and she would tell me that there was something wrong with my hair that i had to fix my hair they would take me to salons. Oh my goodness, so much torture. Like my hair once got burned. They would do so many chemical treatments to quote unquote fix my hair because something was very wrong with my hair. And she would tell me that if I didn't fix my hair, nobody was going to want to marry me. And I just grew up with this huge complex, like with my hair, oh, like that really persisted until my 40s. And I, and this is for all the grandmamas and mamas listening. We love the matriarchy. That's not what this is. I just want to, I always have to put that caveat. But we all got some sort of message like this that stuck with us and reverberated in the different areas of our life. And we tell young women, oftentimes well-meaning, well-intended, like, if you don't fix this thing about you, here are all the terrible things that will befall you. In your case, you won't get married. When I was younger, I couldn't be a know-it-all because nobody would be my friend. Like we we get these messages early on. I'm curious how, let's say in your 20s, how did that reverberate out, that message? Well, in my 20s, when I, actually at 18, when I went to college and I started like working regularly part-time, I literally worked for my hair and of course for partying and you know all those expenses. 
Uh, but I, because I, because of my grades, I didn't have to pay tuition and so on. I worked for my hair. I was the person who every Saturday was at the salon, fixed my hair like every Saturday. And then just invested that in chemical treatment, in product, like all of it to assure that my hair was fixed all the time. So, and that's how when you talk, ask me about my hair in my 20s, that's how I see it. That's when I, because my mom, you know, my grandma, which was my mom's mom, was very, I don't think she knew how to handle it. All she said, it, and this served me really well, was like, oh, Chris, you take things depending on how they come from. For example, when kids at school would make fun of my hair, they call me Chewbacca, camel hair. They would hide pencils in my hair, the people like sitting in the back of me. Like, I'm telling you, it was a big thing. Like if I, let's say when I started getting interested in boys, my friends would say, oh, he's this very pretty, but your hair. Like it was always, oh, but my hair. So it just continued to to make that message more solid. So as soon as I could, because my mom, again, she offered no help. She was like, oh, don't pay attention to them. Don't pay attention to them. So she didn't really offer much tools for me when it came to fixing my hair, except taking me to the salon to figure out the latest, like new treatment. Um, then I just took matters into my own hand. And I literally, I worked and spent my money on... Um, on my hair, fixing it, fixing it, fixing it. Right. And I'm fixing sure it. experience. I had gum put in my hair. I'd get called the lion King. They would sing the lion King song and follow me around. Like, you know, and my, my brother, my brother, I remember when I loved rollerblading when I was a beginner, he's like, Oh, you don't need a helmet. Does you have a helmet? And they would call me Velcro hair. I mean, well, you can imagine all, oh, oh my goodness, all those things. And to the point that it got me being self-conscious as I, you know, entered medical school and was being interviewed for residency and, you know, all those things. I, I was dressed because my hair needed to be styled a certain way in order for me to play the part, to be professional, like look professionally enough, particularly me that I was interviewing for dermatology. I'm like, I need to look like my hair is okay. Tell me a little bit about that because I, I have several dermatologist clients um, and derm path clients. Actually, weirdly, you have a little enclave of buddies that come around with you. And I can't imagine the pressure. I mean, obviously, you're a woman doctor, so there's that pressure. You're a Latina woman doctor, there's that pressure. Latina woman doctor with curly hair, then there's that pressure. <laughs> like, how is it? Because I think a lot of dermatology is a lot of aesthetics. Like how yeah. is you showing up quote unquote professional with your features, with all, you know, sort of the identities that you carry into that kind of setting? Yes. I don't know if this is the result of that because I, you know, our brains, they like to resist and rebel in certain ways. And I found myself really disliking the cosmetic part of dermatology. Like I would find any excuse to not be available for certain parts that included cosmetics. I didn't cater myself to, I would always shy off. Even now I can see that whenever, excuse me, I'm sorry for the sound, but there's a person doing the lawn, like right next to my car. Um, I would like shy off from doing cosmetics because I thought that I didn't belong in that arena. Like, 
you know, that that was just not me. And I wonder if some of that had to do with with that mentality that I had growing up that I there was just something wrong with my hair and my looks overall. Oh, and my lips. Let's not even talk about my lips because that was like another thing that I learned to embrace later. So it, I think that's how it kind of like showed up. I was just always shy off from doing the cosmetic part of dermatology. And thank God I found the microscope. And I don't want to say to hide my face behind the microscope because I really, really love, it's my passion. I love, love, love being at the microscope all day. But I kind of like really was not really interested in doing the cosmetic thing. Okay. But I love your self-awareness there, that that might have played into the decision. Because for some of you listening right now, that might be playing into some of your decisions. You're turning down speaking gigs. You're turning down being on committees. You're turning down being in charge of this or that because somebody might see you. And I just want to say first, we see you. We love you. We get it. But this is why the style stuff matters oftentimes because... If we have an idea about whether we're stylish or professional looking or fill in the blank, we use that to de- to decline the invitation to take a bigger seat at the table or a bigger role. And if that's you, I just want you to know, like, there are things that you can decide are different about yourself and embrace it and bring that to the table rather than hiding it. And again, validating any experience. That's why we talk about these things here. But if any of you are hiding Maybe it's time to come into the limelight a little bit because we all benefit when you do, all of us. Yes, yes. Um, I remember my, the comments, you know, I have full, big, full lips and I would literally hide them. Like when I started wearing makeup, I would um, intentionally make them smaller with the lipstick so they wouldn't be, look as full. My grandma (laughs) would tell me, if you would, if you, those of you who cannot see, but she would like, to um with her fingers kind of like do a stretching motion to my nose so it would be pointier so it wouldn't be as flat you're like oh do this every day so your nose would get pointier so it was like such a fixation on that the way I looked there was just something wrong with it and like you're saying Judith for sure it plays along because I and we have had this conversation before I always had the drama that I don't I didn't belong to my school because I had this hair and this face. Um, I didn't, when I moved to Texas, um, in the Department of Dermatology, doing cosmetic things, like I, that was just on my place. Even here, you know, the, the Hispanic population, they usually love finding medical professionals to speak their language. And they've asked me, would you please do um, my, my cosmetic? I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't really like doing that. So, and maybe I just don't, but it's kind of like, like you are saying to, to those listening to us, if there's, if you find like you're shying away from doing something that you would like to do to serve others, like as well, but you're not doing it because you are self-conscious about some area of your appearance, it's worth looking into, into that. Absolutely. And not because we want you to change your appearance. But we want you to explore the thoughts you're having about your appearance. And then you can decide whether you want to change something, embrace it, acknowledge it, accept it, whatever your pleasure. But being fully aware of like, how is this playing out for you? Yeah, for sure. Oh, good. So, okay. So that puts us in terms of your timeline. Like you're through school. You, you got a job. You're behind the microscope. 
when did your relationship with, let's say, your hair and your lips start to change? Oh, my goodness. Well, in my 30s, I became a mom. Um, and my, I'm saying that because, first of all, when you become a mom, usually you, if you haven't found coaching, you live your life like just kind of like just focused on your children completely. So, and you forget about yourself. So it kind of like coincided at 30, I moved to Texas and two years, two or three years later, I became a mom. So I didn't have, I had the same hairstylist for like 12 years since I was 18 until I was 30. So when I moved to Texas, I'm like, wow, what am I going to do now with my hair? And I literally, whenever I would go back to Puerto Rico, I would schedule my appointment with my hairstylist. So eventually, you know, I needed to find somebody here. But the thing is that when I got pregnant, hormones changed and my hair texture started to change. And my hair, I have three kids. With my my first two, it got progressively less girly. Um, so that was very good news for me because then it was easier to fix it. <laughs> And make it more look smoother and less curly. And I would just always, I learned finally in my 30s to blow dry my hair. And I bought my first the hair dryer, my first flat iron. And I finally started, you know, me fixing my own hair. And that's how kind of like it looked like. I was pretty, it's like a blur to be honest. Because my first two are boys and are 19 months apart. And I'm telling you like, it, it, it's a blur. it was a blur there for like five years. <laughs> yeah, God bless you. <laughs> and then when things started getting easier, I remember I was at the airport and I look at them carrying their own little carry-ons. I'm like, wow, it seems like I just stepped out of a fog. On that same trip, I got pregnant with my... Of course she did. While taking birth control pill. Well, while taking birth control pill. So I lost my... I mean, I lost it. It was... Like a telenovela moment, the day I found out I was pregnant with my third child. But, oh my gosh, she's such a blessing. Thank God for her. Totally needed her. So, going back to the hair, I really was, because it was smoother and less of an issue in my life. I had taken matters into my own hands, learned how to style it. So, I was just, that was kind of like in cruise control. But then, after that third child's pregnancy, it got curlier. And it coincided with the time that I moved from Houston to where I live now in East Texas. And there I was like, what am I going to do? My hair is getting curlier again. Wow. And, and, I, and I just moved. I don't know what hairstyle is here. So, you know, I and around that time I found coaching. So I think it all kind of like aligned. And I started to see, okay, let's get curious. Let's see what it does. Let's see how my hair comes out. Let's see how it looks if I just don't style it and leave it curly and my husband he's just amazing he's always loved my curly hair always and he one day was like Chris why don't you just why don't you just let your curls out I'm like yeah I guess I mean nobody knows me here I'm 30 zero but I guess I could do that and then what happened yeah he started kind of like more embracing my curls I would still do some treatments to make it smoother and and flight iron it once in a while but then it wasn't do you want me to go in there and to, to the latin x retreat yeah actually keep going we're listening we're following the journey like i'm riveted i don't know about y'all are listening but i'm like tell us everything yeah. keep going so 
So by then it was kind of like half and I'm in my forties already by then. I was half and half flat ironing still, half curly, let's see. But by then my all my natural hair had come out. I was like curly again. And I go to the first time. It was the first time I met you in person, right? Yeah, it was the uh, first time we met in person. Yes, but it felt like I had known you forever. Miss um, <laughs> um, J hosted uh, a Latin retreat with Brenda Lomeli. And a couple of us, I think it was like eight to ten of us, um, did that event. And during that event, um, she was hosting like makeup and hair stylists for some professional photo shoot. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not gonna sign up to do my hair. I'll do my own thing. And then when I see everybody getting ready and getting their hair done, you know, I'm like, the bug eats me. I'm like, oh, I think I want to get my hair done. But, you know, I had all these apologies. Um, Like, I was very apologetic about my hair to the hairstylist. I was like, well, I'm so sorry. My hair is like this. It's kind of like dirty, but it's curly. I don't know. And he was kind of like, what are you talking about? Let's just do this. And he he styled my hair. And when I looked at it, it was curly, very big, curly. I felt like I looked terrible. I'm like, oh, interesting. like how am I going to take? Yes, I'm like. I'm going to take professional pictures. All of you were telling me how amazing my hair looked. And I felt awful. I'm like, but I wanted to cry. I'm like, it's just so big and curly. And then it occurred to me to show him pictures. Of, I had a picture still because my siblings, they just love to remind me of this look that I had when I was eight years old. And they, whenever it pops in their memory, they send to me this picture. And I had it there. I'm like, and I showed it to him and it's me. I'm eight. And I think it was what, a school picture or a birthday picture. And I have my big fro curl, just wild and free. Oh, it makes me want to cry. And I showed him the picture. And again, I was like around eight years old, kind of like right when you are about to start middle school. I was very self-conscious about my hair back then. And I showed him the picture. And again, this is around the time when my mom, my grandma, kind of like, let's fix her hair, let's fix her hair. Um... I showed him the picture and he's like, oh, I get it. When you look at yourself in the mirror now, that's who you see. And I'm like, yes. And when I realized, I had no idea that that was the case. I could see like I, I was not that child anymore. I could actually talk to that child with compassion. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Me too. Um, Me too. That... I, like telling her you are happily married you have an amazing professional life like you oh my gosh like I have never said this story like this before ever Judy so thank you um I could see that I was that that girl was hiding in me yes but I was not her anymore nor the life that was forecasted for me because of that hair didn't come to fruition at all it, it was a totally different person and that was it. That's all. I'm getting goosebumps like all over. That's all it took. That moment. And from there on, I'm just, I, it's not an issue anymore. It's me, my hair, who I am. I love it. And I have fully embraced it. All that drama came down. That's so, I'm, I'm like, I'm choked up. Over. <laughs> That's beautiful. And there's so many nuggets we can tease from that for so many women um 
And because you're a fellow coach, I'm actually going to ask you, what do you think if we were to kind of break that down for someone to have that same kind of transformative moment, what would you say to them as like, here's what you could do to create that for yourself? Well, all I want to say, and I've done this in other facets of my life since, but if there's one area that you feel like you don't like about yourself, like we all have like this one big drama. Like it's even if it's not obvious to us, but it's holding us back in one way or another. Maybe it's something like I was saying you're trying to fix about yourself, be it your size, be it um, your thighs, like your hair, like your wardrobe. I'm telling you, like style coaching may seem like just style coaching. No, my friends, <laughs> like it just goes way deeper than that because those deep little trauma like show up in our style and how we show ourselves to the world. So if there's one area that you feel like you're stuck, being a lipstick, being wearing lipstick, being wearing jewelry, whatever it is that for you, just go back and see if there's anything in your childhood that you can relate it to and talk to that girl. Just talk to her and see what were your fears about having that particular issue or not changing that issue and how your life is really right now. Is it even true? Is it even true? Like, like just kind of like compare and contrast those two things and just hold that dear child in your arms and just talk to her. Oh my gosh. Just talk to her like you would have loved somebody to talk to you back then. Like, it's all going to be okay. Of course, I mean, you're going to be happy. This has nothing to do with who you're going to become in the future. This doesn't say anything about you as a person or it's not going to limit you in any way. I don't know. I hope that helps. No, I love that. And something I've taught before when it came to body image is one of the categories is fortune mistelling. So oftentimes we're given messages about our hair, the size of our lips. For me, it was the size of my eyes or my nose or any number of things, right? Fill in the blank body part for you. We're told this message that if this thing continues the way it is, here's all the terrible things that will befall you or not be available to you in the future. So we fortune mistell the future based on some body part of ours. And part of the reprogramming that has to happen if you're falling into that body image trap of fortune mistelling is to remind yourself that no body part could ever dictate what's possible for you in the future. I, I really mean this, love. Like... I had a moment with my nephew, Noah. He was about four years old. I will never forget this. I had him, and seeing myself at four through his eyes was transformative. I showed him a picture of me in preschool. And I used to be a nervous, like, picture taker. So my shoulders are up and I'm making this goofy face. And I showed Noah the picture. I'm not sure why. He goes, oh my God, you are so cute. And from a four-year-old's perspective on another four, I mean, it was like, I was cute. I mean, he was like gushing. He was just like, oh my God. Like, like he just couldn't help himself. And he was such a funny little kid at that age too. So it kind of makes sense. But I remember looking at the picture and seeing it afresh through little four-year-old eyes was like, oh wait, hold up. Little four-year-old me was so cute. And she had big eyes that she hadn't grown into quite yet. And a lot of hair and she talked incessantly, would not shut the fuck up. Oh my God, she wouldn't stop talking. And guess what? That has served me well. I make a living talking to people all the time, right? Like, thank God we didn't let that dictate what was and was not possible for me. So friends, just please take that away 
from today. And I have, thank you, Chris, for sharing that story with us because I have like, I have all, all over. My pleasure. And that's my next point and, and the last thing I wanted to say, and you touched on that, that thing can be your superpower. Like that same thing, like just embracing that because, I mean, I, I'm a believer and I think just God created us like the way we are for a reason. And when we get to embrace that and work like all the drama through that, you're going to not only, I think it's your just superpower, not only who you're meant to be, but maybe the way that you're going to serve others as well as you embrace that. I don't know. Like you with the talking, um, me with my hair, like I, it's just crazy. Well, because like a signature, right? Like, look at that woman yeah. her gorgeous hair and it is a beautiful, like very curly hair. And we'll definitely put a picture of her and we'll link to all her places. So you can see all the amazing pictures of her. One of my favorite pictures of Chris from this um, photo shoot that we're talking about at the Latin retreat, because I love to do retreats for people and post events for people, is she's in the pool and you're in that yellow dress. And I think you borrowed yeah. my coat. And you're like, oh, your hair is magnificent. And you're like flicking while I was like, oh my God. Those, those are some of my favorite pictures of you. Like you look just fantastic. Look full of joy too, which I think is probably my favorite part of those pictures. So we'll make sure we we drop some links so y'all can see this and check it out. But I, so much fun. I think there's something really important to talk about here too that you touched on. And it's the idea that we didn't really get a say in how we look. Oh, I didn't have a say in how I was made. Like whatever your belief system, now I happen to be a believer like Chris is, but for, even if it's out of, let's say, a Judeo-Christian background of belief, like whatever your belief system, you did not have a say in how your genetic things got strung together so that we have a you. None of us had a say in this. So we can continue to lament whatever is, or we can start to be aware of what it is and then learn to accept it over time and that's a journey my friends but it was very helpful for me to remind myself at certain moments in life when I was mad at myself for talking too much or mad at myself for being too loud or having too big a hair or insert thing I was mad at myself about then I'd have to remind myself I didn't really have a say in how I was put together and clearly I was put together in this particular way and I believe for a particular reason and I think the same is true for absolutely every single one of you you might have a different belief system, but I, you can borrow my belief if that works for you. You can borrow Chris's belief too if that works for you. Yeah, so good. So Chris, tell us what you're up to these days. I know there's there's stuff going on, but we want to continue to hang out in your world. Where might we find you, friend? So yes, I mean, I'm on social media and Instagram as Coach Chris Berlingeri MD and on Facebook is Chris Berlingeri MD. Um, I have to podcast because, of course, why not? Um, I have a podcast in English called the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. And um, I have a Spanish podcast because, um, and that's where I'm focusing more, more of my time. And I'm an energy serving the Hispanic women. Um, I have a Spanish podcast with another coach, um, coach, colleague, physician as well. Um, actually living in Texas as well. And Daisy, Coach Daisy, big, big shout out to you. Um, it's called Una Cita Contigo, which translates to a date with yourself. And it's a Spanish podcast where we touch on, it's a general life coaching um, podcast. We touch on all the subjects there. So if you know anybody that 
would really benefit from this material in Spanish. Uh, just send them that way. Una cita contigo. Awesome. I love it. And we'll put links to everything so you can find your way into Chris's world. And good news, Chris is going to be at my live event in October, the Jet Setter Society. I can't wait sooner. I like, I get to hug you all and squish you. I think one of my favorite moments at um, the Latin event that we did is when the people came up to me, she grabbed my arm, she goes, you're real. I'm like, yes, I am. I am a real human. So if you want to come hug me and find out that I'm actually real, uh, if you want to come hang out with Chris and other incredible women like her, I mean, there's so many smart, amazing women in our community. The Jet Setter Society Inside a Modern Charm School is hosting an inaugural event. We're calling it the Breakthrough Weekend. And you can find out more about that by going to programs.judithkatan forward slash retreat 2023. That's kind of long, but don't worry. We're going to leave the show notes link in there for you so that you can come hang out in a community with other incredible women who are doing the style stuff and also the really deep internal work and changing lives and doing 5 million businesses all at once because why the hell not, right, friends? So we hope you'll join us. I'll leave the link, all the goodies inside, and we'd love for you to come spend time with us. Chris, any parting words before I cut you loose? I will say if you have not seen Judy's life or have had the experience to like experience her life, you are totally missing out. Like for real. Like I'm just, I've been already to two live events with Judy, both of the retreats she has hosted. And it's something that already my husband knows. It's like I need my yearly dose of live Judy. Like I do not come back the same person and in a good way. <laughs> like real transformation happens there. Like, don't miss out and really, 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 really go there. Um, anyway, that's all. Thank you for having me. And it was so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. And yes, come get your breakthrough. Apparently, live me is something to behold. So you definitely want to get it on that. <laughs> All right, friends, we are out. Have a good day. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a beat. Also, if this was helpful for you, share it with a friend and also you can share it in social media. It helps get the podcast to more and more people. Also, if you want to download my free planning guide, make sure you go to my website, chrisberlingerimd.com. I would love to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.